Hey, beautiful people. Welcome to the My Good Thing podcast, where we get real with single and married Christians, answering the questions that come up when you're looking for a good thing. I'm your host, Nina, and I've been single with a desire to be married for 10 amazing years. So I got a little bit to say. If you want to be encouraged by the story, struggles, wins, and advice of single and married Christians, keep listening. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so excited for today because we are here with some of my bestest friends in the world, (laughs) the Hamiltons. So Denya and Marcellus are newlyweds and I've known Marcellus since college. So over uh, maybe almost a decade now. And it's just so awesome because I can remember him like telling me, oh, we're going to be, I'm going to be married by 27, I think was the number you kept saying. Um, So it's happened and it's really great to see. So I'm so excited to hear and just hear their story and see how God hooked them up. And so we can just jump right in. I would love for you all to just start with introducing yourselves, your name, where you're from, uh, and anything else that you want to share. Definitely. You can go first, Dave. Sure. So my name is Denya Hamilton. Check out that new last name. (laughs) I am originally from Fort Washington, Maryland. I grew up in Maryland. I went to school at Bowie State University. So Maryland is pretty much all I know. I come from a Filipino background. And yeah, now we reside in New York City and I'm married to my best friend. Yep. And um, I'm Marcellus Hamilton. I am originally from Atlanta. Um, I went to college in D.C., but I've been in New York for three years, and I we're recently married, and we are living the life that God has inspired us to live on purpose. The whole idea of this podcast is just to show the story of how God hooks people up, and I think a lot of times people want to jump right into the dating part and the marriage part, but let's start with the single part, when you all didn't even know each other. So one of the things I think is so important is that singleness is a gift. And so I'd love to hear how was your time of being single? What did you enjoy? What were some of the challenges? That's such a great question. Yeah, and I totally agree. Singleness is a gift. I believe that everybody should cherish it. So what might singleness look like? It looked like a lot of uh, um, (laughs) learning, (laughs) a lot of... uh, just getting to know me, but also most importantly, getting to know God, getting to know my father. So I've been a Christian for about six years now. So still, still a baby in the faith, but I believe that God just took me on a beautiful journey being a single where he wanted me to himself. And so that looked like, okay, what, what does spending God, spending time with God look like for me? So I, I really liked baking and I really liked journaling. And so I would, there would be days where I would just randomly say, I'm going to bake brownies for God. And that's how I'm going to spend time with him. <laughs> because, you know, you usually want to bake some, something for somebody that you love. And so I saw God as, you know, my father, but also like my husband in a way as well. And so I would go on these dates with him and sit at the park and just journal and, and talk with him. And I felt like, in that season of singleness, I had a specific assignment to it too. 
So I realized that my passion was was people. So I loved putting on fellowships back in the DMV area. And I just loved building relationships and was so on fire for people to know about the Lord. And yeah, I just really enjoyed spending quality time with him in my singleness and just being faithful to the ministry that he called me to, which was the fellowships that I used to host back in the day. Yeah, I think for me, uh, my single season was a lot of ups and downs. I think it was a lot of initially I would have seasons of extreme frustration about being single. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would have some kind of plateaued seasons where I'd be experiencing a lot of blessing in my life and my career where I'd be actually fine. Um, but it was like an up and down. It just depended honestly on as it could be as simple as the weather outside or if I had a lot of prospects that I was mm-hmm. feeling like were in my life at the time. Interesting. Um, but ultimately, I wasn't content in God for I would say the majority of my time. And I think that I I would say, looking back, um, I probably did prolong my season um, because I wasn't, I wasn't pursuing God the way that he was supposed to be pursued in my life. Um, so my singleness was a lot of up and downs of being content and not being content and kind of struggling with that. That's surprising to hear, Marcellus, because as as a friend of yours who's who's walked with you, I would not say that at all. So can you go into that a little a little bit more? What did those up and downs look like? Especially you said you weren't even content at times. Well, I think, so I grew up in a Christian home. Um, both of my parents, um, you know, I feel like raised me in the grace of God as, as best as they could. And I, I'm really blessed to have the upbringing that I have and to have two parents who are still together and just have modeled God's love and relationship and not religion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but in a way I looked at their story and compared it to my own for a long time. And so being that my parents, you know, got married young, met each other and kind of lived their life together, grew up together. Um, me growing up with that model placed a lot of pressure on me on myself, not that they placed it on me, but I had this expectation that, you know, fresh out of college, I would be married and I would be by the age of like 27 already having kids. And I compared myself to this timeline that I think my parents were on. And um, I never realized until much later that that actually was destroying me um, because it prevented me from actually doing a lot of things that God probably wanted me to do I that in his grace and his goodness I got to do because he's that good wow those things from me but I definitely know that there were things that I could have been further along in my journey had I been focused on pursuing him instead of the desire to be in a relationship wow and then looking back do you think that kind of you know hindsight is twenty twenty. do you thinking looking back what if anything could have helped refocus you in those times of kind of getting distracted? Having married couples constantly remind me that that wasn't the goal. Mm. Um, I think that there was an absence of married, married couples saying that their marriage wasn't the ultimate goal of life. Mm. And so when you're just looking around and you're seeing everyone married, or what's funny is it seems like everyone's married when you're not. Um, wow. And you're looking around and you're seeing that, and I think 
one of the byproducts of being in a church that speaks about a covenant God is you naturally see marriage around you more than most of the world. Mm -hmm. So you see it happening because people are inspired by God's covenant to them and it makes them look for covenant with other people. So when you see it happening everywhere, you naturally feel like everyone's doing this but me. But I think there was an absence of married couples just being able to say, hey, like, this isn't the goal of life. That's really good. And I love that that's a part of maturity. And I think a lot in our culture, because people go in and out of relationships so frequently, you forget that this is not a teenage love affair. This is for life. Mm -hmm. That is the way God intended it. And so how would you say you grew in maturity during your time of being single? Yeah, I think, well, I think this kind of comes into where, this is where my wife comes in now because she, <laughs> she was the one who spurred me out of my immaturity. I think that God really used her in a powerful way to make me realize um, that at the rate I was going, claiming that I wanted to be married and that I was ready, my heart wasn't ready and it never would have happened for me because um, I had so many walls and things built up mm. and an idea of marriage that wouldn't have been healthy for me to sustain. And I think God in his goodness was not going to give me something that would have destroyed me. Um, and so when I met Dinya, um, it was powerful because though our, though our friendship was very loose and it wasn't deep, our times that we communicated were full of praying for each other and like her um, letting me know like what things she's doing. And I think because she was still a baby Christian at that time, she naturally had this fire that she wanted to share with everyone. And so our conversations were a lot of her telling me about her pursuit of God, which when you hear someone else's pursuit of God and you're looking at your own, <laughs> it, it makes you check yourself. And it was a lot of things yeah. that came from that. And long story short, we ended up doing a fast that I think really put me in a complete different mindset. And it helped chisel a lot of things that were kind of in my vision that were blocking me from seeing God and what he wanted for me. That's great. And then how about you, Denya? Because today you've been a Christian for six years, which to some may not seem like a long time, but obviously quality over quantity. How would you say you took that time of being single to grow in what it really means to be a biblical, godly woman? I mean, I don't want to sound like really cliche, but it was really studying the word and not only just looking at it and hearing it, but actually like fulfilling that word. And so I, I read scriptures about what, how God saw women and what was yeah. beautiful to him and what a Proverbs 31 woman looked like, right? <laughs> but then also it was important for me to be in a community that of, of full, mature Christians themselves. And not just like within my church, but also just because we're all the church, right? And so within these fellowships that I hosted, I met so many different people and that were in different seasons and different walks of life, whether they were single, whether they were single and bitter or single and content. And then there were the married couples, young, old. And so I really just um, surrounded myself, not only with community, which is really important, but also perfect community, which is God himself. So just being in his presence and just 
making sure that I was aligned in the will he had for me because there were a lot of people that wanted to pursue me. I've actually, oh, wow. like guys just like tell me, Hey, like, I think, you know, I want, I want you to be my wife one day. And I'm over here like, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm grateful for God's wisdom because of course I desire to be married one day. Right. I, I myself am a product of divorced parents and both of my parents have remarried. And so I didn't really see what a healthy marriage looked like growing up, but I saw it in the word of God. And so I knew that, okay, this is what covenant means. Like no matter what, I'll always be with you. I'll never leave you. And so I wanted that for myself, but I knew that I probably wasn't mature enough in my faith and in my walk to be married yet. Right. And so even though there were prospects out there and people that, were willing to like court me, I guess is the word they would use nowadays. Uh, I just knew that I wasn't in the place where I was ready or fully prepared to be somebody's wife. And I'm grateful for that because I could have been with somebody else's wife, but I am with perfect man of my dreams. So grateful for that. That's dope. And that's interesting to even hear that because I know, at least for me, ain't nobody hollering at me <laughs> and I'm all right. That's challenging. That's definitely challenging my faith, but I trust God, but it's great to hear that guys pursued you. And so what made you say no? Um, I prayed a lot, you know, and I was okay. on dates, you know, like, okay. let me, I'm not gonna like, just, just like say no, or just, I, I prayed before dates. I prayed before getting to know people, but I would, I would be so in tune with my father that I would be like, man, okay, so he's he's handsome, he's a man of God, like he, you know, he loves the Lord and he does this ministry. So what's wrong, God? And he would tell me something. He's like, that's not, that's not it. Like, I have somebody else for you. And I'm like, are you sure? You know? Yeah. So I would, and I'm, but I'm grateful. It would just be, I would feel some type of uneasiness in a way when I would go out with some some guys and God is just like this is not it and I, I would just be obedient to that and say okay like, even that's though, great even though in he meets some of my list because we all have a list God is like I understand that he fulfills this list but I have better for you and so I trusted in him because of course I'm like well I want to be married and I want to you know have kids one day and there's so many young married couples in my church so why like what's up <laughs> what's wrong right and so I would just listen to his voice and be obedient to that and I love that and I and I definitely pray for everyone listening I think that is one of the two one of the two biggest things I pray for at least I've been praying for lately has just been discernment so really like discernment what is coming from God what's coming from me what's coming from the devil or the enemy um, and then also just for to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Those are two things I constantly pray for. So definitely want to encourage everyone that you can hear the voice of God. Like that is a right, that is a gift as a believer. And so I definitely pray that for you and just encourage you to really walk in that and tap into that, starting by reading your word. <laughs> so why did you want to get married? Just even as a single person, because I don't want to act as if every single per- single believer out there wants to be married. Mm-hmm. So why did you, before you even knew each other, why did you want to get married? Um, so I wanted to be married 
and I think this this goes into one of the reasons that God had to strip away from me. I wanted to be married, I think, for a long time, primarily so I could have sex. Yeah. I was plus one. <laughs> I was I was being abstinent and um it was a long, difficult journey. And so that was one of my main motivations. Mm. Um and it for sure was a, a motivation that was too highly prioritized for me. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because the books, it was funny, all the books that God had me start reading were books that were saying marriage is hardly about sex at all. <laughs> so I was yeah. like, it was like he was renewing my mind. Right. Me. You're like, I do not receive that. <laughs> yeah. I, I was fighting against it. And it was like, it was detoxing me. Yeah, um, that was one of the one of the reasons I think later in my journey was that it be, it became a desire to be able to have sex in marriage. Um, but I think early on, the desire just came because I. In acknowledging my own upbringing, I 100 percent cannot and will never deny the practical benefits of marriage in society. When you see wow. a mom and a dad wow. in society um raising their kids if they're always they're always well equipped they're always better and people think it's about i think america has given this this perspective that the parents and what they have to give to the kids makes the family okay but it's biblically actually that's not even what you see it's just the structure of them being wow um a man a man and a and a and a woman working together in their God-given roles, even if they don't have much money or much to offer their children, will always be better off than a family that has everything but that doesn't operate in their roles that God has given them. So I think my big desire for marriage was because as a Christian, you see all the broken ways of society and you see everything going on in the world and the crazy laws and just things that are becoming acceptable. And when you look at God's word, you're like, man, there's an order that God has given for the family. And there's no wonder that there's so much chaos in the world that's starting from such a young age. And it's because parents aren't staying married and showing their kids God's way. So I think for me, it was the root of it was, I know society needs to see marriage and it needs to see marriage in abundance and it needs to see healthy families. And since I was a kid, I've been, such an advocate for families and so for me that was my desire really good yeah speaking a little bit on what Celis was saying is that again I didn't grow up seeing a healthy marriage and I just knew that in order to please my father please God I had to honor him in that way because of course like I desire sex too like come on who doesn't really right (laughs) um and yeah I was uh, practicing abstinence too because I lost my virginity at a young age and I wanted to be that someone who I needed when I was younger. So my sister is my is the age that where I lost my virginity now. And so now that I'm married, I'm grateful that I could be a light to her, but also a light to the world, and a light to like my other my other siblings because I'm the oldest of my of my That's family. That's beautiful. And I also just wanted to be able to do life with somebody to be able to because you could you have you could have your girlfriends it's all cute and all and have fun but it's different when because I I one of I I love really hard like whether it's my friends or my family and now my husband is experiencing it 
I believe that God just gave me an overflow of love because I just, <laughs> I just love, you know, being affectionate and things like that. And I felt like the best way to do that and honor God was obviously to be in a marriage. And I wanted to please, please him in that way. And yeah, just be a light to the world. And now I'm, I'm grateful that I get to do life with somebody that, you know, the, the ministry and the call that God has placed in my life that we complement each other in that, even though I'm not, I'm not a rapper or like <laughs> a famous singer or anything, but my gifts, like we complement each other in that. Definitely. That's what's up. And so kind of continuing on that aspect on sex, I think, especially as a single, like I have been, I'm 29. I, God radically saved me and radically changed my heart when it came to sex in that I, you know, I, I was doing whatever I want with whoever I wanted before I got saved at 19, but the desire was removed to, to, in terms of acting on that desire. So I've been abstinent for 10 years, um, not watching porn, not masturbating by the grace of God, not sleeping with anybody 10 years. Um, and so it's funny because it's been so long. Sometimes I forget that, you know, we're in a culture where sex is water, <laughs> you know, it's like, yo, I need this in order to stay hydrated. Um, and it, which is over the board, but sex is a great thing. Right. Um, and so kind of in your time of being single, what was your experience managing or really controlling your sex drive? I'll start with that. I think um, the, the, the way that I managed being abstinent and trying to stick to what the life that I was pursuing of, of being abstinent mm -hmm. was um, having people around me who had the same goals in mind because mm -hmm. there's no way you can have a goal, but if everyone in your circle doesn't have that same goal, then your goal is going to be hard to achieve because- wow you know, you can't go in a direction and have everyone wanting to go an opposite way and think that you're going to be successful. So um, for me, I think that's why I think, honestly, my journey of being abstinent wasn't for me, it wasn't, it wasn't very difficult. I think I had support around me and I, I was in a healthy church community and through college, I had friends. Um, and it made me, whenever you feel like you're not the only one, there is, um, there is, there is a strength in that. Um, I think what the, the things that made it difficult though, were sometimes the, the, the time, the waiting. I think, I think you can have people on the same journey with you. Um, but eventually there are times when you're like, man, it's been a long time. It's been, you Plus know, one. <laughs> we're, we're all walking the same way, but it seems like we all still just walking and there were, there were, there were those times. And I think honestly, um, looking back now, I I'm grateful for those times because I realized that, you know, the, the verse that says, um, the race isn't given to the swift, but to those who endure it to the end, I think mm -hmm. it means more now than it did in that season, because I realized that everything that God gives us is, is in his goodness but he doesn't give us things that are going to compete with our love for him mm -hmm. and so if That's good. if my desire for something is consuming my mind more than i'm filling it with god and 
being in his presence and his word, then ultimately, if I get that thing that I'm desiring, there's nothing that's going to pull me back to him when I get it. And so um, I think God, you know, and that we'll never know, but I think my wait was long because I wasn't focused and I was in a way content with sitting where I was. Mm. Um, yeah. So he's talked about like this, the spiritual things. I want to talk about some practical things in my journey. <laughs> Please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was, when I, you know, when I, when I first made the choice to wait for marriage, I told myself, because obviously I cannot listen to music that references sex. I cannot watch movies or shows say that, that have sex because like I wanted to because all my friends were right they were watching like Empire and like oh, I saw the first show and then I saw some scenes I was like nope this is not of God and I really don't need to be filtering this in because you know that's wisdom the enemy really does use like the media the most or like you know music and tv to get us to like to basically to deceive us into thinking like this is what we need right because if they sex- say that again i love that can you say that whole sentence again that's um, really good i think the enemy uses media and tv and music the most to deceive us into thinking that we need sex and it's funny because just like what you said the times when i'm consecrated myself most from media that fed me those things were the times when it was easier to recognize i had everything i needed in life mm-hmm. Can I, can I interject real quick? Cause I, I think this is just revelation from the Lord that I'm just getting right now, because literally lately, as I've been hearing and, and no shame to those who are struggling, but as I've been hearing about people struggling with sex, masturbation, porn, I'm like, man, why isn't this a struggle for me? Like, like, Lord, what's going on? But it absolutely, number one, the Holy Spirit touched me. But number two, like, I don't just listen to all that stuff. I just thought about that. Like, I'm blasting like house fires, <laughs> like uh, all those dope, <laughs> feel me, Jesus culture, Lecrae, Andy Minio, you know, like that's what I'm, I'm intaking. And so of course, like there's power in worship. So that's a great point, man, for real. And I remember, I remember being in the car, maybe my junior year at Howard, driving to school with one of my friends and he was just on the radio um kelly Rowland, what's that song i'm a how's it go that kelly song uh, uh, motivation there we go <laughs> and i was like yo if i'm trying to stay absent i cannot be listening to this song <laughs> i was like I'm on the marriage playlist but that is it is not on this this season this ain't the season yeah <laughs> yeah yo that's facts and so what would your because I really want to like consider you guys who are listening, who are struggling, who, you know, really want to live for, be like honor God with their sex drive. And so how, like, what would be your advice, right? To single Christians who are on here, who have a perfectly good desire to have sex. Mm-hmm. Like when I, whenever I'm, I get horny, especially around like my, my cycle, right? I'm like, wow, praise God, Lord, I'm, my reproductive system works, you know? So I think it's important to acknowledge like it is okay to be horny. That means you're healthy, but you don't have to be consumed by it. So what would your advice be to single Christians who they really want to honor God with their body, but this may be a struggle for them? I think my advice um, 
number one would be something that I'm learning in all areas of my life is emotional honesty, which is the Lord is not afraid of how we feel. He's not afraid of our desires. He's very aware they're there. But a lot of times we actually hinder him from being able to carry those desires and redirect them by not acknowledging them and acting like they're not there. So mm. whenever you have sexual thoughts and desires, um, the first step I'm learning in everything is to acknowledge them and take them to the Lord. Because, you know, I think me and Dina's prayer life is really crazy because we go to God and we're like, God, I'm feeling really angry right now about this. I'm selfish right now about this, or I'm offended. And it's the same way with anything, any, any of your sexual desires that are not wrong, but it's just the improper time. And you're saying, you know, God, I'm really, I'm really horny right now. I'm desiring to have sex right now, but I know it is not your time. Lord, help kindle my desire so that I can make it through this season because I can't do it without you acknowledging your feelings and then acknowledging your need because that's where you allow him to come in and um god is so good he just wants us to come to him and i really do see that half the battles that we lose that's so good are simply because we didn't go to him Mm -hmm. because not saying that he's instantly going to you know change the situation but acknowledging god does so much for this situation like he changes us. He changes, he, he gives us the strength to endure. Like he'll, he'll tell you the practical things like we were talking about earlier about the small things of being obedient. Mm-hmm. You could say, God, I'm feeling this way. And he could be like, all right, well, go outside and go for a job. <laughs> and you wow. could be like, and, and it's those things by just submitting it to him and then allowing him to speak into it instead of hiding it like it doesn't exist or being ashamed. Because right. the enemy, the enemy, the way he keeps people in cycles of, pornography and masturbation is they're not hiding it from anybody but God and it's the same thing that happened in the garden when they were naked and they tried to clothe themselves as if God couldn't see right through what they had put on all you're doing is saying God I'm good I'm I'm not struggling with no sexual desires and he's looking right at you like come on I'm your father I see you and and I'm not gonna run away from you I see you so just be honest with me so we can we can navigate this. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say for anybody, just acknowledge it with your father because he's not scared. He's not ashamed. He's not afraid. He's not offended. And then allow him to be humble and allow him to speak into that. Acknowledge your need and he will tell you how to endure. And he will, he will give you what you need to make it through because the season won't be forever. And I think we prolong our seasons um, when we don't when we don't know that that's so good Marcellus because I, I think about and as you were talking I like I think about the scripture like it almost bring gets me teary-eyed um that we get to approach God with boldness to the throne of grace mm-hmm. right but if we don't go to the great to the throne of grace we'll never be able to get that grace which makes us strong in our weakness so that is just, that's so much love. So anybody who's struggling, just be encouraged. Like you are not an orphan. You are a son and you are a daughter. And so with all of your weakness, you, you have the freedom to be a mess in the presence of God. 
because of Christ. So come to him and he will wash you. He will help you because he loves you. Good people around you. Yeah. Confess too as well, because, and that's why we talk about the goal being, you guys have to have the same goal. A person who's confessing their desire to stay pure to a person who abhors purity, you're, you're actually giving something very precious and valuable into the hands of the enemy so that he can destroy it. You're vulnerability so to someone who is empowered to actually crush it with their bare hands. So wow, make sure you, make sure you pick people who have the same goal. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're trying to live pure as well? Hey, this is a struggle, but we're going to do this together. Right. And that person should be a person that says, hey, have you talked to God about this? And, ha- and let's talk about this ourselves. So that way, if they're pointing you back to God and then back to community, you will be okay. I think it's important also to say it should be somebody of the same sex. Absolutely. You should not be like my brother in Christ. You know what I'm saying? I that's wisdom, Denya. Yeah, I mean? that's wisdom. So. Yeah. Just want to clarify that. <laughs> I love that. That's important. That's important. And I and and that's not religion or law. That's just wisdom, y'all, for real. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and a girl telling each other they're horny doesn't on. doesn't go good. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, let's fix are. this. Oh, <laughs> me too. <laughs> so how can we fix? <laughs> yeah, it's not. Yeah. No. Yeah. I appreciate that, y'all. So, how did you meet? Let's like, I'd love to know how. Marcellus Hamilton and Denya Hamilton. How'd y'all meet? And what were first impressions? We met on Instagram. I slid in the DM, y'all. <laughs> she, DM'd she DM'd me. 